Let's open the word and we'll be going to the Philippians first for the first reading that we'll take from the scripture. <clears throat> What's in a name? What's in a name? Is it's a, na- a name is given by somebody else to you. Remember that? No, you don't because you weren't able to think at that time. You were a baby. Someone else gave you that name. <clears throat> in our day, names didn't, don't hold as much significance as they did in times past. And names are used for identifying people. Like if I said, if someone said, Gavin tonight, two people would look because <laughs> who's he talking to? And at times we've had, say, John was mentioned. Which John? <laughs> Uh, it used to be Big John Wilson, didn't it? And uh, others that have come that have got the name John. But it identifies people. In the Old Testament, it wasn't so. Their fame and their glory was connected often with their name. And parents gave their children names that described the hopes and the aspirations of the children, I mean, of the parents for the children. And in the Old Testament, a name means a mark or a brand. And you've been branded with a name. When I hear some names that are given to children these days, I say, oh, the poor child. <laughs> you know, I, I'm not going to say any of the ones I think of that like that, but I don't know where they've got them from, what book they've got or, or, or concept or something that's happened because they carry that name with them. Uh, a new name written down in glory, we say, or we sing, and uh, oh, it's mine. I pray that your name is in glory, and the Lord has given you. But you think of the Old Testament and the names of people. When we say the word Adam, we just, oh, Adam, yeah, that, that's that first fella. <laughs> the crea- what does his name mean? It means red earth. So he was probably that colour <laughs> that, that uh, you know, Australia's got plenty of red earth, <laughs> And so you can imagine that. Methuselah. You think of Methuselah, the oldest man that ever lived. What does his name mean? Well, it, ma- it means sent one. And he was sent to indicate and raise Enoch, and, but also to indicate that, um, not to raise, <laughs> to minister to. But when he dies, Methuselah, it will happen. And it did the flood came Methuselah Moses can you think of what Moses might mean that's it where was he drawn out from the bulrushes (laughs) remember he was drawn out but he also drew out he drew out the people of the Lord from Egypt into the promised land you see their names had significance Um, Noah Noah what does his name mean? It means rest. He gave the world rest from the sinfulness and the wickedness uh, that God looked down and said it has become so great he must destroy and he gave the world rest. Cleansing of the world. Enoch. Enoch. <laughs> it means dedicated. Disciplined. And he was a very disciplined fellow in that he walked with God so closely that God took him. You're so heavenly mind, come up here. <laughs> heavenly minded. And he, he was taken. And Daniel, 
This is just a few. You can go through all of them if you wish. Daniel, God is my judge. God is my judge. So there's a few names. Let me ask you, what does your name mean? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. my name is Okay, we'll, let, we'll take that one. <laughs> but do you know what your name means? I looked it up. I, I, I'd had a long time ago. God sent. God sent. Gavin. There you go. So <laughs> he sent you here this morning to preach the word. God sent. Or White Hawk. White Hawk. We should ask Mum and Dad if they knew what the name meant. No. <laughs> we often often don't. Look up the, the meaning of the name and the word Jacob, originally Hebrew, Yaakov, Yaakov, the son of Jacob. That's what it means, son of Jacob. It might have been any old Jacob. It might have been the Jacob. I don't know. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's look up your name when you go home. It's easy. You got a phone? Just ask it and it'll find. Let's look this night, this Christmas Eve, at the name that is above every name, I mentioned Philippians. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 9 to 11, after describing the Lord Jesus coming from glory down to earth and humbling himself in the first verses, he said, it said, Wherefore, in verse 9, God also hath highly exalted him and given him, Jesus Christ, a name which is above every name. A name. Who gave this name to the Lord? Jesus Christ, his Father, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things on earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. There's quite a bit in the name of the Lord Jesus. And it wasn't given by mistake. It was all arranged, prearranged, that his name be it as it was. And we'll look at four different four different names that have been given to the Lord Jesus this evening. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you, Lord, at this eve of Christmas we can remember our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Glory to God in the highest, for the Lord Jesus was born. He's born to save sinners. Bless the word tonight to those that are here and those that are listening in. And may we take heed to the words of the Lord Jesus, the name above every name. We ask in his name. Amen. <clears throat> Matthew, that we had our reading from in chapter 1 and verse 21. Three times from verse 21 to the end of the chapter, the word name is used. 121 reads, And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. For he shall save his people from their sin. You see, the name is given, but the meaning of the name is right there in the verse. <laughs> we'll look at that one in a moment. But his name reveals his person. Verse 23 reads of the same chapter, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Emmanuel. There again, the name is given for the Lord Jesus, Emmanuel, which being interpreted, we've got the interpretation right there, is God with us. So Emmanuel means God with us. 
I wonder if the folks of the day understood. I wonder if the parents understood because they were, they were told to give this, he, these names, the Lord Jesus, these names. It reveals a supernatural baby, Emmanuel, God with us. Just, not just another child born, one of the millions that were born, but God in human flesh. As John 1 verse 1 and verse 14 say, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. In verse 14, and the Word was made flesh and dwelt among us. That's what it's saying, Emmanuel. God among us. And dwelt among us as we beheld his glory, as John just sung about, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. There'll be a glorious day when we see the Lord Jesus. And will give him praise and honour and glory. So it, reveal, it reveals his supernatural, this supernatural baby. It reveals this name, Emmanuel, a supernatural birth as well. It, and that was predicted over in the book of Isaiah 7.14. Therefore the Lord himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a, <clears throat> a son and shall call his name Emmanuel. Yeah. <laughs> when Jewish people read the word, how do they miss such verses? How can they confuse the fact that he was the Messiah and saying he was not the Messiah? He was the appointed one. He was named. It reveals a supernatural birth, a supernatural baby. And as it reads in First. Peter 2.22, who did no sin, neither was any guile found in his mouth. And uh, that was the Lord Jesus. It reveals also a supernatural battle. Huh. Why would God enter this world? He came to do the battle for humanity. In that we could not fight the enemy so wicked as he is and win. We can never wage the war with sin and with Satan and with self ourselves. We needed supernatural help. And he came and waged the supernatural war. The Lord Jesus did against sin and Satan and presented to us the way we should walk toward ourselves and the attitude we should have. In, in um, 1 Samuel 17 verse 47 and all this assembly, it says, shall know that the Lord saveth not with sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's. We ought, as the congregation of the Lord, know that the battle is the Lord's. We trust in the victory that has been won for us through the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. And as you think of John, uh, Ephesians, Ephesians, as Paul wrote there, the battle. The, put on the whole armour of God, he says. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Not our might, his might. We wage the war because of the victory that has been won through Emmanuel, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so his name reveals his person. He does battle for us. Uh, <clears throat> when you think of it, you think back into the Old Testament. The battle was being waged right back there with Satan, was it not? At times, Satan tried to wipe the promised lineage of the Lord Jesus out. 
He knew that the Messiah had been promised to come through a certain uh, family, certain tribe. And so Satan started doing battle and he wiped out all Athaliah, remember her? Killing her grandchildren. Killing her own children so that she might be a, a ruler, a dictator. But little was it, his, um, Joash was saved and hidden. He's only a baby and hidden for those years until they declared him to be the king. And the lion kept going, but Satan tried to wipe it out. Um, <clears throat> he killed all the babies at birth through Herod, the wicked one. The battle was raging all that time. People didn't know what was going on. <laughs> Emmanuel was going to be born, but Satan was trying to stop it. And Herod didn't win because the angel of the Lord warned them, flee to Egypt. And the battle raged as the Lord was preparing for ministry. Remember there that the Satan, he, uh, the Lord went into the wilderness for 40 days, 40 nights. And then afterward, the devil came to tempt him to short circuit the way to the kingdom, to power. I'll give you all the kingdoms of the world if you'll fall down and worship me. And the Lord Emmanuel did not submit. And in his ministry, he battled the religious leaders throughout his ministry. He was always combating them and their arguments and their de denying that he was Emmanuel, God in the flesh. <laughs> Israel is going to accept the devil as their, their God. But they'll realize about three and a half years later that he's not who he declared to be. Then they'll cry out for Emmanuel. Then they'll cry out for the Lord Jesus. And what a wonderful time that will be when he makes himself known to his brethren. Uh, <clears throat> at the crucifixion, the battle raged on, did it not? And all the hordes of hell. You read Psalm 22 and see the battle that the Lord was fighting for us to win the victory for our salvation. It's there in Psalm 22. His name reveals his person, Emmanuel. It reveals... A supernatural baby, a supernatural birth, a supernatural battle, and supernatural business as well. <clears throat> In John 4:34, it says, Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. And so he was on a divine mission. He was Emmanuel, God with us, and he wasn't going to deviate from that. He had his, his eyes set on the goal, the finish. And he, it, is, it says in the book of Visit, Isaiah 53, he saw the souls that would be one. He could see into eternity and all those that we brought, redeemed bodies, souls and spirit to heaven. And in that he, he took comfort. And so <clears throat> he had supernatural business when he came here. It says in John 10.10, 10, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. I, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. He had supernatural business. He was Emmanuel. And his name, secondly, well, the second name we look at this evening, reveals his plan in the name Jesus. And back in Matthew chapter 1 that we read, verse 21, Thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sin. This is his human name. But this speaks of his desire 
His desire to save sinners, those who are lost and headed to eternal punishment, that's all mankind, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We're told that Jesus came into the world not to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. And John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. This is his desire. This is his desire that no one perish but all come to repentance. He died for all men, but they have to believe by faith and receive salvation. As it says in Revelation 13:8, he was slain from the foundation of the world. See, before the world was and before man had sinned, this plan was already set into motion. This is his desire. This is his purpose. He is going to, and he's, he's going to. He's not going to be dissuaded or persuaded otherwise that he is going to dwell among men. He's going to tabernacle, the word is, in the book of Revelation, among men. And in the book of 1 Peter 1 and verse 18, it reads, For as much as you know, you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. We've been redeemed by the blood of the lamb who was verily foreordained before the foundation of the world. You see, this was a plan that God had. You're part of his plan. We all can be part of his plan. We all are. But we need by faith to believe that we've become part of this living church, the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Before the foundation of the world, this was planned. So he, he speaks, this name Jesus speaks of his desire, he shall save his people from their sins. And speaks of his deliverance. In Titus 2.14, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all our iniquities and purify unto himself a peculiar people, zealous of good works. He delivers us. And this is spoken about many times in the New Testament. His desire is for us to be saved. He delivers us from certain eternal death, from the second death. And it speaks of his death. <laughs> the name Jesus reminds us of the fact that he came into this world to die for our sins. You see, the teaching in the Old Testament, the type of the kinsman redeemer, Boaz and... Ruth, <laughs> Boaz and Ruth, the kinsman redeemer, Boaz. The, he, he had to be one of us to save us. And that's what he did. Philippians 2, he became a man that he might save us. The man, the Lord Jesus, his human name, it all fits together. <laughs> the, Jesus is his name. Now, I have heard people just referred to the Lord Jesus. I love to say the Lord Jesus. But they just say Jesus in their prayers. And I, it's flippant, I think. I don't know what you think, but I think it's very light. He, he is the Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. Show him respect by the way you speak of him. Yes, his name is Jesus. That's his human name. But he's Lord as well. Show that respect. His name reveals his... His plan, his name reveals he is God with us. 
and his name thirdly revealed his predicted offices the name Christ in the book of Luke the book of Luke chapter 2 and verse 26 we read there and it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost this is to Simeon that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ Christ and what does Christ mean it means anointed there's a lot in a name the Lord Jesus Emmanuel Christ he is anointed Christos in the Greek from the Hebrew Messiah Luke 2 26 so Simeon was told this was saying this he would not die till he had seen the Lord's Christ wouldn't it be good if there was someone round that the Lord named he won't die like Methuselah didn't die until the flood happened and Simeon was was told that you know he's not going to die until he sees the Lord Christ wouldn't it be good if someone was said to be the one that would be able to say well he'll be around when Jesus comes but it's not there it's not in the scriptures this is imminent it could happen at any time the Lord comes for us uh, <clears throat> so Christ Christ is anointed the anointed one it means anointed how was he anointed in what way was he anointed he was there's three things we can mention in relation to this three groups of people that get anointed when they come into office prophet priest and king there you go they're anointed into their task in in and their ministry <clears throat> over in the book of deuteronomy chapter 18 thinking of the lord jesus christ he's anointed as a prophet verse 15 of deuteronomy 18 the lord thy god will pray will raise up unto thee a prophet from amidst of thee of thy brethren like unto me him unto him you shall hearken and then down in verse 18 i will raise them up a prophet from among their brethren like unto thee and will put my words in his mouth and he shall speak them unto all that i shall command him who is this speaking of the lord jesus christ the anointed one the prophet and in psalm 110 it says verse 4 after the order of melchizedek and who was melchizedek what was he he was a priest he was a priest in the book of hebrews expands on this in chapter 5 well mentions that the lord jesus is the priest the eternal priest and we read there in hebrews 5 verse 6 and he said also in another place thou, thou art a priest forever after the order of melchizedek you, you can you can pronounce it the way the way you do uh, there's, a, there's a few words that brother gavin used this morning uh, uh, that's from he's learnt that from sydney and we say them differently I, I can't remember what they were but we understood what they were <laughs> and um <coughs> melchizedek we have here the lord jesus christ he is our priest what does it say in the book of hebrews a couple of times very pointedly that we as believers go to the great high priest and we can come boldly before the throne of grace and ask the lord in the hour of need because he is ever interceding and hasn't ceased since he began for all those who are down here on earth and praying prayers he is a prophet 
and he's been anointed so by God. He is a priest after the order of Melchizedek in chapter 6 verse 20 also of the book of Hebrews it says that. Chapter 6, 20, we read, Wherefore the forerunner is for us entered, even Jesus, made an high priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. There it names him and ties him with the priest. So prophet, priest, as Christ, the anointed one, and king. Does it anywhere mention that he will be the king? That he would be anointed king? Oh, yes. <laughs> Brother Gavin ended the message this morning with Psalm chapter 2, a wonderful psalm. And he will be king. He will be Lord. And there's many references. Remember even what uh, Herod, Pilate, who, who was a, the, wrote the inscription. And they said, take it down, and he's not the king. <laughs> and king of the Jews. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. And the, the, <laughs> the religious people hated that because that's what they were denying him of, his rightful kingship. Over in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 23, verses 5 and 6. I've got so many notes around these verses here. <laughs> I recently put them there. Oh, about eight years ago. That's recent for me. But <clears throat> he is king. Listen to what it says in verse 5 and 6. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, I'll raise unto David a righteous branch, and the king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth and verse 6 says in his days Judah shall be saved and Israel shall dwell safely <laughs> not happening now and this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness it speaks of him as being the king and he is going to be the king <laughs> oh we look forward to that day when he will be the king of the earth and what a day it will be. So each one of those were anointed as Christ. The name means anointed. The last one, his name reveals his power. And go to Isaiah chapter 9. Because the word name is used in relation to the Lord here. <clears throat> Isaiah chapter 9. And verse 6, his name shall be called. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. He's a king because he's governing. <laughs> and his name shall be called. His name. There's a lot in the name. We're only touching the surface <laughs> of all the names that could be spoken of, of the Lord. These are the primary names we could say. The word name here is in the singular, not the plural. But it gives names after that, his name. And so Jesus displayed, though he was a singular name, all these characteristics <clears throat> and attributes, and still does for us. His name shall be called, first of all, wonderful. We could say this means he's a supernatural one. He can do miracles. Secret, extraordinary, it means. In Judges 13, verse 18, this is Manoah asking the name of the angel that spoke to him. And it said there, And the angel of the Lord said unto him, Why askest thou after my name, seeing it is secret? 
And that word secret means wonderful that you have in Isaiah 9 and verse 6. <laughs> you know, scripture with scripture, where to compare. And he's, he is the supernatural one, the wonderful one, the, su the powerful one, the secret one. And that's in Judges 13.8. And back there in Isaiah 9 and verse 6, his name shall be called Wonderful, all the attributes under the singular name, the word name, wonderful, Counselor, Counselor. <laughs> you know, you can go to a worldly counselor today, what sort of advice will you get? But what sort of advice will you get from the Lord Jesus? Perfect, exact. The, the advice we need, we might not like it, but it's the advice we need. You've ever had an experience in life, you know, what's the answer to this? The Lord gives you an answer from Scripture, but, you know, I don't like that one. <laughs> well, he's counselling you, and the still small voice of the Spirit of God is speaking. Listen when he speaks. And don't go your own way. Don't go our own way. To advise, to counsel, to purpose, to devise a plan. He's a counsellor. And it refers to his role as a leader and guide in our lives. He is wonderfully qualified to do this job as a manufacturer of a machine is able to say, this is how it works. I've made it so. The Lord Jesus, the counsellor, is able to say, this is how you work. This is how your emotions work. This is how your physical life works. Listen to me. In Psalm 37 and verse 23, <clears throat> it says there, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. He's their counsellor. In Job 23 and verse 10, But he knoweth the way that I take, said Job, and when he hath tried me, I shall come forth as gold. He's Job's counsellor. Job didn't have many friends and many good advisers, but he knew that God was his counsellor. And when I am tried, I'll come forth as gold. I know it. God is faithful and God will do it. Let's believe like Job did. And the book of James speaks also, you know, the rich man or the man of business, I'll go my way, I'll buy and sell as I go to such and such a city and I'll make a... Hey, but what do we... Are? Asked to do in those verses, we're asked to, if the Lord will, He is our counselor, He is our guide, we shall do this or that. Proverbs 16 9 says, A man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directeth his steps. He's our counselor. His name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Supervising One, the Supernatural One, and the Sovereign One, the Mighty God. The next phrase is the Mighty God. This word means hero. <laughs> It refers to one who, has, who is strong, who is mighty, and who is invincible. The sovereign, when we say sovereignty, we think of king, but when we say sovereignty in relation to God, he is directing all the affairs of all mankind for all time and for eternity. I come across a, a, an interesting thought the other day, the need for speed. You know, that's young people's motto, the need for speed, a faster car. But folks, we're going flat out. <laughs> Did you know that in your lifetime, you'll travel half a trillion, if you live to 70, you'll travel half a trillion kilometres and you don't even know it. The world goes around 1,600 and something, uh, that speed, kilometers an hour. The, the, the earth goes round the sun once a year and you've worked the size of the circuit out and had those kilometers on and then the whole solar system is going around the Milky Way centre 
170,000, no, 700-something. I've forgotten the figures, but enormous speed we're going at. Do you feel shaken? Do you feel a breeze? Can you stick your head out the window? No. God is sovereign. He's got it all in control. Aren't you glad someone's sovereign in control of all these things? I am. <laughs> what would happen if the world stopped spinning? What would the seas do if he put the brakes on? I dread to think of it. <laughs> but praise God. He's sovereign. He's got it all in control. This is his name, <laughs> shall be called. Supernatural one, wonderful, the supervising one, counselor, the sovereign one, the mighty God, the sustaining one, the everlasting father. The everlasting father. <laughs> People without a good father always want a good father. We have a good father and those that can come to the Lord Jesus can have the father of heaven guide their life. Um, <clears throat> producer or generator it means the father and by him all things hold together he sustains us in life's way the everlasting father if you've been a father if you've been a grandfather you think of your children when they go on a trip in a car as a good father did you ring to see if they got there my, my kids probably get sick of me ringing when they go on a holiday. Did you get there? <laughs> you, you should be concerned. As if our Heavenly Father is much more concerned about his children than we are about our own children and the grandchildren. You pray for them when they go away or do something and they're going for an interview or they're going for their licence. <laughs> we pray for them. <laughs> that you know God would give them guidance. Our Heavenly Father looks after us like that. And this is likened to the Lord Jesus. He looks over our affairs and he's interested in every little thing that happens in our life. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father. And last of all, but not least, the Prince of Peace. It says that in, in that verse there in Isaiah 9 verse 6. He is the satisfying one, the Prince of Peace. A state of happiness, of well-being and of prosperity. The word prince speaks of a, of a captain, a steward, a keeper. He is the creator and sustainer of our peace. He accomplishes peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, it says. He is the propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but for the sins of the whole world. He wants the whole world to be at peace with him, and only those that choose to believe come at peace with him are you at peace with the lord he extends that peace to those <coughs> that receive him by faith in Rome, in john 14:27 peace i leave with you my peace i give unto you not as the world giveth give i unto you let not your heart be troubled neither let it be afraid god gives peace through the lord jesus christ do we need peace personally in our families oh yeah do we need peace in our country in our local government in our fe state go our federal government do we need in the and i'm not going to say the world government because i don't i despise that but it's coming anyway <laughs> but do we need peace in the world oh as never before but the world is not going to have peace until the prince of peace sits on the throne of peace <laughs> in jerusalem and what a day it'll be no more wars. They'll beat their swords into 
plowshares. Right now they're beating their plowshares into swords. The governments of the world are multiplying their expenditure on warfare. There's no peace. You know, they want a, a peace talks. They sign a deal and they break the deal. But the Lord Jesus Christ has signed a deal with us. He'll give us peace. Have you got that peace this Christmas Eve? Knowing that whatever happens to you, you're secure in the Lord Jesus Christ. I invite you to believe on him and have the peace that passes understanding to know why you're here, where you've come from and where you're going. That gives peace, doesn't it? Gives security. What a wonderful saviour we have. Just in those four names that we've looked at tonight. The Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel, God with us. Let's pray. Thank you, Lord, for your word. Thank you that at this Christmas time we can remember our saviour, the Lord Jesus, who's given us these things richly to enjoy. May we be at peace and be able to lay our head down on the pillow tonight and know where we're going and we should not wake in the morning because we have the peace of God through salvation. Bless us this Christmas. Bless our families together. Bless the time we spend with each other. Even tomorrow, as uh, we remember the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ, Emmanuel. In his name we pray. Amen.